0: This is the Women Your Mother Warned You About podcast, sponsored by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tramarco, Master Sales Trainer and Director of Coaching Programs at Sales Gravy. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want you to go and check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is the place where sales professionals and sales leaders from across the globe go to learn and upscale. And right now, if you're a brand new user and you've never used Sales Gravy University before, you can get your first course for free by using coupon code FREECOURSE when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's coupon code FREECOURSE when you go to learn.salesgravy.com. And hey, I've got several courses there that you can check out. So I hope to see you there. But let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode.
1: Let's say we've got a young preteen young lady. She's on Instagram, she's on Facebook, she's looking at magazines, if people still read magazines, and she sees all of society's images of what pretty is. yep, She starts to say, if I'm not this that I see, I yeah. am not pretty. Take a woman in sales who happens to be in an environment where the only thing she sees that is successful is someone who looks like Trevor, (laughs) right? So if you are from a historically excluded group, your definition of sales success is someone who is of the opposite gender, who is of the opposite race. So therefore you say, if Trevor is successful, I should emulate Trevor.
0: Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, sponsored by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, co-host of this show with my lovely British partner, Susanna Gray-Jones. Welcome, Susanna. I'm so excited about our our, our guest today. Uh, But before we introduce her, I know a conversation we were having before the show was the word of the week, because this is something we've been trying to teach our audience and bring the cultures together. You brought up the word chips and crisps. Mm -hmm. So let's,
2: so chips to you are what? Chips to me are when I go to McDonald's and I want a bag full of the salty hot potato I think they make them with potato but um, potato <laughs> chips and I am obsessed and in England when we have fish we have chips fish and chips now it's the one thing I always order with every meal and the one thing that I know that in America is different to what we have so if I have chips in America it will be like crisps so it will be cold and it will be smaller so I will be quite disappointed if I order chips. And I get crisps. So I prepared myself for that disappointment. So you guys call chips fries. Yeah. You have to call them fries. If you want those
0: warm, yummy things, you need to call them fries. If you order chips, you will get those crunchy, cold things in a bag. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So that we're clear on that. Now, I'm excited to introduce our guests because before we started this recording, she brought up a phrase that... Oh, I was also new to you, it's Tuck and Buck and Tuck or Tuck and Buck. I can't even remember what she said. It's t- Tuck the Buck. You know what, Cynthia Barnes? welcome to the show. Thank you. This is a great way for you to show the show. <laughs> <laughs> I told you what do you think could happen here and what and what what was the phrase? I already forgot. Tuck and Buck's. Tuck in bucks, tuck in bucks. So I know this is a little maybe, I don't know. It's the pushing hours. the envelope. It's pushing the envelope a little bit. Sometimes my goal is to make Jeb Blunt blush. Oh, and yeah. um, the conversation we were having was about my upcoming nuptials and potential entertainment at my bachelorette party, which Cynthia referred to, tuck in bucks. We're not even going to explain it. Listeners, you can figure it out. I'm going to leave it there. And, uh, Cynthia, I'm going to give you a much better introduction than that, because I i don't think you want to be totally brought on the show with Tuck and Buck. So uh, a quick introduction. No, because My for- mom might be listening. Uh oh. Yeah. Do you want that introduction? You know
1: what? It's fine. It's fine. I'm about to celebrate a milestone birthday. And if Ooh. she doesn't figure it out by now that I've done some things, that you know what your mother would warn mm. you about. But-
0: Surprise, mom. <laughs> Ooh, what a great segue, Cynthia. I, and I want to give you a, a little bit of a bio intro. But before I do that, how do you define women your mother warns you about? Women
1: who have the courage to show up as their best, true, authentic, unapologetic and unapologetic self.
2: Yes, I think that's, that's what that's I'm my talking favorite. about. That's my favorite that we've had to yes. far.
0: You are. You are. Yes, you fit the show. We're going to keep you here. Maybe we'll have two co-hosts going forward. Who knows? Maybe this is an audition. We don't even know it's Cynthia, Tell me. In. Uh, so so real quick um, uh, for our listeners, Cynthia Barnes is an award winning sales influencer, keynote speaker, LinkedIn top voice and the National Association of Women Sales Professionals and Barnes Sales Institute founder. I can't wait to hear more about the National Association of Women's Sales Professionals because my question is, why am I not a member of this? So I, I need to hear about this because I need to be part of that. So, Cynthia, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. If,
1: if our show is going to be anything like the introduction, <laughs> if, this, if the sizzle
0: and the meal is going to be
1: anything like the appetizer, you know what? We're going to have some fun.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. So, um, you're welcome. I'm so excited to talk about uh, talk to you. I've got so many questions for you. I don't even know where to start. And sometimes Susanna and I we will fight for airspace, um, including you might have heard us earlier singing. Um, when she comes to America, we're going to karaoke. Oh yeah! And this morning she left me a message, and gosh, we would love for you to join us. I don't know what your schedule's like, and you're only like four hours away, but she left me a message this morning singing anything you can do, I can do better. And I responded in a voice message. No, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> you got it. Yes. You got it. <laughs> Susanna, I know you're always so prepared better than I than me. And I love that because you are such a great co-host. I'm going to I'm going to give you first
2: first crack. You're going to give me the first question, hey? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you go first. One thing that I was gonna say: if you can't make it in two weeks for Gina's bachelorette party, I am so excited to see that you are speaking at Outbound. I know, right? Oh my
1: gosh, it's bucket list time! Yes, I reached out uh, two years ago and I sent Jeb a message and I said, "I see the lineup for Outbound. I would love to speak." His response was, "We're full this year." And I said, "Okay." So when I got his message through LinkedIn saying, hey, we'd like you to speak at Outbound 2022,
2: I almost fell off my doggone chair. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, we are, so, that is- we are so excited to have you and to see you because I, even before I knew that you were coming on this show, I'd seen you on LinkedIn um, because you're often speaking and you're a big influencer on the whole like women in sales champion for women in sales, LinkedIn top voices. and. It's something that is on my mind massively at the moment, so much to the point that I put up a poll this morning saying, are women treated equally in business? And so far, I've had almost 200 votes and 46% of the the audience have said, no, women are not treated equally in business. So Mm. the fact that I put that poll out this morning and we've got you on the show today, I'm willing to know what you think. I am going to follow up with a question.
1: Those who said yes, that women are treated fairly in business, what percentage of
2: those are women? Well, that's a great question. Ooh. One that I haven't looked at yet. You're challenging me now. <laughs> mm. 27%. I'm actually gonna have a have a look at Gina asks the next question because I'm I'm curious to know. While she looks that up, um, what are
0: you gonna be speaking about at Outbound? Bounce back ability. Ooh, tell us more about that
1: how to bounce back or i.e. your resilience in a profession full of setbacks. So bounce back ability is that that ability to get your teeth knocked in and then show up for the fight the next day.
0: Mm, I love that. What inspired that? Because I know there's got to be a story behind that. Well, in sales, we
1: get rejected 90% of the time. We pick up the phone, we get hung up on, we get cussed out, our an- emails and unanswered. It's rejection over and over and over and over. And we get up the next day and we pick up the phone again. But sometimes if you're not careful and you don't develop that resiliency, that rejection, that constant rejection will have you doubting your Ability, have you doubting your worth, whether or not this is a great profession for you? Have you thinking about things like, you know what, I I could go work at McDonald's and sell fries or five o'clock comes around and you say, I wonder who's on Indeed hiring. Mm. So if you can develop that resiliency, that BBA, that bounce back ability, then you get up the next day, even more empowered and motivated to keep going. Have you ever struggled with that resilience? Every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Every day as an entrepreneur, I get up in the morning and I say, I've got this thing by the you know what. And then by five o'clock, sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll say, let me head on over to ZipRecruiter and see who's hiring. <laughs> that meets my qualifications.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. I love that transparency, seriously, because I've been there, um, Suzanne and I, both, both as entrepreneurs, um, there were those days where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, who's hiring? Right.
1: I mean, it would be so much easier because as an entrepreneur, especially in the beginning stages, you are the accountant, you're the marketer, you're the social yep. media manager, the chief cook and the toilet paper roll replacer. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: it gets old mm-hmm.
0: quickly. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stay focused in that scenario. It really, it, is. Is.
2: it really is. And I actually, the first time in a whole year of having my own business, had a moment last week where I just thought, Do you know what, this is so hard. But then you think of the alternative of having a a boss and all the the hours that go with it that you can't choose and there's that side to it. So it it is, I mean, the great thing about sales gravy is you kind of get both, but there's that
0: constant battle. I was just going to say that because I wondered if I could make the transition. Well, I didn't wonder because I obviously went to Jeb and said, Hey, I want to work for you. But I had to really think about, what would that look like that after being an entrepreneur for so long to 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 go back mm-hmm. the other way? And I think it's about the culture you end up joining if you do that. And I know so, a lot of people have done that. They went from entrepreneurship going back into working for someone else. Um, and sales gravy does give us the opportunity to operate as if we were our own CEO within our own ba- basically revenue mm-hmm. stream, right? So- I think that that's the beauty of Mm -hmm. having that experience and then going back um, to working for someone. But the, even, even, even not being an entrepreneur, like you're talking about every morning, waking up and okay, let me do this. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the day, you're like, it's gotta be five (laughs) o'clock, isn't it? No, it's Mm -hmm. only three. Right. Yeah. To Susanna's
1: point, you choose your, your heart because working for someone is hard. Working for yourself is hard. Mm-hmm. which hard do you choose mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah it's so true and to answer your question cynthia um out of my poll out of the 27 percent of people who said yes women are treated equally in business three quarters of them were men uh, oh isn't that interesting i can believe it i can believe it i just looked through man's name man's name man's name um so yeah very interesting how the perceptions, I'm going to get even more data on that over the next few days, but um, uh-huh. it made me really sad actually to think that 46% of 200 people think that women are not treated equally in business because personally, I feel that I've been treated equally to a man. What do you feel like it's like in America? What are the differences? Because I know you, you're very much a champion mm. for women in sales. So w- what's your perception on that? I don't
1: have one. I rely on data because the data never lie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I could talk all night and day about my perspective and how the lens through which I look and view the world is well, some would say
0: it, it's my perception. My my feelings are my facts. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say it's it's feelings and emotions versus facts yes. and logic. And I can't go to
1: someone and say, I feel or right. I believe I can lead with data to say that women on average make x amount of money for every dollar that a caucasian man makes african american men and women make this much compared to a caucasian man that mm-hmm. data is irrefutable mm. so when you ask me what what do i think or what's my perception my perception is based in data that women are not treated fairly in business because it's not equitable
0: mm. Here's the million dollar question: How do we get to equitable?
1: That's a great question. I questions. And now I'm going to (laughs) talk about what I think. Girl, go. Okay. So a lot of people, the majority of people that I talk to and work with on a daily basis say women should be more confident. Women should speak up more. Women should do this and women should do that. And my question is, why do you think women should do that? well, because they need to do this. And I counter that and say, can I make a suggestion because I care? Mm. How about we change the system in which the women have to compete instead of trying to fix the women?
0: Mm. If you could change the system, what's one thing you would change?
1: We would focus on equity instead of equality. And for example, okay. if I invite you and Susanna and Jeb over for dinner at my home, and I have pot roast, steamed asparagus, mm. and yes. garlic mashed potatoes, mm. yes, and then have, yes, creme brulee for dessert. Yes. Yes. Right? But then yes. Jeb says, you know what? Uh-oh. I'm vegan. Equality states that I'm going to offer everyone the same meal of mashed potatoes, garlic mashed potatoes, meat, asparagus, and creme brulee. Equity says that I'm going to prepare a vegan meal because that's what Jeb needs to thrive. Mm. So until we have a system that focuses on equity and not equality, equality is a law. It By law, you have to offer X, Y, and Z. Companies who want those from historically excluded groups to thrive focus on equity instead of equality.
0: Okay. Can I play the devil's advocate for a second? Absolutely. Cause I love analogies. Uh-huh. So you're saying if we switched over to a vegan meal for all of us, no, just for Jeb. Oh, for just, Oh, just for Jeb. Yep. So Jeb would get the vegan meal because it's like, I like meat, uh-huh. And so if you're telling me I can't have meat now, I feel like I am being, <laughs> I'm being deprived. Right. right. Okay. So yep. it's, it's just, we give Jeb what he yes. needs. While we get what we yes, need to thrive, Got it. to thrive, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, because I have an iron deficiency, so I need the pot you roast, do. you do, right. And
1: Susanna may say, you know what, pot roast is not good for me because I have high cholesterol, so we're going to give her salmon with help, the healthy well, omega-3s. I would not be
2: so rude, actually, I would just say I'm gonna eat it anyway because I'm super polite. Um, I don't because know, about I've never had, had dinner with him, but yeah, yeah, no point taken, point taken. So it's about. That's a great analogy. It it, it is a great analogy, even if it makes me really hungry. And, um, you always talk about things that make me hungry. Like in the first email that you sent to us, let's have a latte. And I'm like, Ooh, and then your, your Twitter comment this morning, which I loved by the way, which was, what was it? May your coffee be strong and your Mondays be short. Love that. Yes. You guys have got me, got me super, super hungry now, but, um, But yeah, I mean, I do think it's something that I've noticed since I've been dabbling in America um, than I have been in the UK. But then I thought even more about that. And I haven't come across as many, be careful what I say, as many women who are as fanatical about sales as me in the UK. And I've been in business for a long time. And it's been a lot of men, um, but not that many women who are obsessed in the same way. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know.
0: I was to say along those lines cuz that's a, that's a good point when you look at the women in sales in the US as well right what are the stats behind that percentage wise of of women in sales versus men in sales do you have do you have any indication on that I
1: do so well, <laughs> you, you would so when we're talking about women who sell or those who sell B2B services 39% of the sales population of women who sell B2B services 39% Okay, 11% of sales leaders are women.
2: That's it. 11%? Wow. Yes. Yes. I wonder why that is because I've spoken a lot previously and because I studied education, that was a big thing. Um, and we looked at gender and um, I know I've mentioned this before, but you spoke about the female and the male brain and how um, it's proven that men take more risks than women. And one could argue that sales is a risky game sometimes for some people who like to play it safe. I wonder if that's got anything to do with it. I bet there's quite a few different factors. What, what does your research tell you Well, um, I spoke to an HR
1: leader the other day and we were talking about how women don't take risks and if a man sees a job description and he says, "You know what I'm going to go ahead and apply for it versus a woman who looks and says "I'm not qualified so i'm not going to qual- I'm not even going to apply for it we have to take a look at whether or not the it, that's only half the story. Mm-hmm. We need to take a look at is that job a lateral move? We need to also take a look at men will look at a job description and say, I'm going to apply because he already knows that he can do all of those things, because he has the experience to do all of those things, because he's done it. Mm-hmm. A woman will look at it and say, hmm, I don't have the experience. And I don't have the tools to level up and I may not get the support in that role to level up based upon previous experience.
0: I could, I could see that now again, devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, And we, we probably all, the three of us probably all relate to this. I'm a little bit different. I think, whereas I just don't see anything as impossible. Right. Like I come in like a bull in a China shop going, yeah, I'm a woman. So what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have the tools. I'm going to pretend I do. Yeah, I don't have the experience. I'm going to fake it till I make it. I'm probably a little different um, for whatever reason. I'm sure there's plenty of science behind that, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that I am part of an anomaly of women. Like a lot of Americans that I've come across. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's this, no. no, I don't think I don't think there are a lot of, I don't know. I don't encounter a lot of women who have an attitude of, yes. Yeah, so when I'm a woman, I'm still going to go after it, and I don't care what you say. I'm still going to like pursue it. Now I've definitely been, um, totally pushed around for sure mm-hmm. through my career, um, and it probably just made me more angry to step up. Mm. Yes, right. It, it, that's 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 what happened for me because when we talk about you were talking about feelings. Right. Early on in my career, I had a a boss say to me, who was the CEO that I reported directly to? Mm -hmm. Actually, I've had two. I had a a manager who said this and and another both managers, one a CEO, one a regional director say you make one said you make too many decisions based on your gut. Mm -hmm. I need you to make more decision on fact. And then another one who said I was too emotional. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Right. Mm -hmm. And. I then tried to, you know, no longer trust my intuition, which later came back to bite me because usually my intuition's right Right. because I'm extremely intuitive Mm -hmm. because of my emotional emotions and because of my emotional intelligence. Uh, And I've worked really hard to learn how to have emotional discipline and control it, but there's value to it. Once you take emotions and you, then you combine it with facts and logic Mm -hmm. that becomes super powerful. Super powerful.
1: Yeah. Yes. So we are the anomaly, Gina, Susanna. I
0: knew it. We are. I knew it. We
1: are. Because think about this. Let's say we've got a young preteen young lady. She's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. She's looking at magazines if people still read magazines. And she sees all of society's images of what pretty is. Yep. She starts to say, if I'm not this that I see, I am not pretty. Mm, her right, self esteem right. goes down and she is doubting her self worth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If she doesn't have anything to counteract that, strong parents who are infusing confidence in her, sports, STEM, things like that, she yeah, is yeah. left to the only model of beauty that she sees. Mm, right. Mm. Take a woman in sales who happens to be in an environment where The only thing she sees that is successful is someone who looks like Trevor, (laughs) right? So if you are from a historically excluded group, your (laughs) definition of sales success is someone who is of the opposite gender, who is of the opposite race. So therefore you say, if Trevor is successful, I should emulate Trevor
0: Mm
2: -hmm. because that's what you see, right? That could be what you see. I mean, from a personal perspective when i've been in those kind of environments i've kind of tried to use it to my advantage Because i do think that women have a lot of advantages too um, mm-hmm. that we can use i don't know how pc this so is but i'm not saying i'm not yeah. saying i get my boobs out or anything like that but <laughs> but oh good, there is, oh good. but there i there is a certain but jar, I, do. I think that I women do. have a certain <laughs> charm and a way to get mm-hmm. what they want sometimes um, in a way that could be argued that men can't. Um, but also on that, you know, I completely agree what you said, by the way, about the whole Instagram thing. You know, I'm looking at Instagram every day. I feel like I'm very strong woman, but everyone's talking about what they're getting done to their faces now, right? And yes. I someone said to me the other day, they said, Oh, you could probably get your lips and your chin. And I was like, I quite like my my lips and my chin. <laughs> Do I need to get it done? But then you see that with the business as well. And I had a lady, because I work in recruitment as well as sales gravy, and one of the um the lady said to me, I'm not sure I want to work in that office because there were a lot of men. I felt like I would have been one of the only women.
0: And
2: yes. the CEO said to me, we want more women. Please find us more women. We seem to be attracting sure. too many men. What mm-hmm. advice would you give to a lady who is coming in then to a male dominated environment who wants to stand up and prove herself and progress
1: Number one, be realistic. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go into an office where you're the only one who looks like you, Mm -hmm. be prepared for bloody knees and elbows. Mm -hmm. You can try to buck the system, but it comes at a price. You can be a trailblazer, but it comes at a price. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. There are some like Gina who's saying, you know what? Okay, let's go. Give me your best shot. The second thing I'd like for women to do is if they're not willing to do that, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up for that. Mm -hmm find companies who want to celebrate women in, in sales mm-hmm. and there are tons I always tell our members go where you are celebrated not where you are tolerated yes so Ooh, so when you're looking brilliant. at companies who say yes we want women in sales and quite frankly 78% of the fortune 500 are trying to attract more women in sales but they don't have initiatives to go beyond the hiring. Mm-hmm. They don't have initiatives and programs to develop them, and they don't retain them. Mm-hmm. So look at a company and ask during the interview process, tell me about your women in sales initiative. And if, you're, and if he looks at you like a deer in the headlights, it's time for you to go someplace else. Yeah, if there are him. no female ERGs for women in sales or for women, period, then it's time for you to go someplace else. Mm.
2: Mm. I love that. And I because because I am interviewing people every day, a lot of people ask me about what the company's diversity is like, but they never ask me what the gender equality is like. Um and I think it's a brilliant question, especially in business, especially with seeing yes. results and statistics like we are. I'd say it's yes. extremely important. By the way, I'm going to steal what you said just then about being celebrated, not tolerated. That's such an awesome, yes. awesome way to sum it up.
1: In professional and personal, everything.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. But also yes. I'm going to remember to treat others in that way as well, because, you know, sometimes we do take people for granted, um, our workers, and we do sometimes think that we're tolerating them, but forget about the great things about them. So I think it's, um, yes. thank you for that. I'll steal My that. Pleasure. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, you bring that up, Susanna, and I know that you coach for Sales Gravy as well as I coach, and I think you did this with a previous client where we worked on doing a SWOT analysis. Right, every program we do with our clients are different from a coaching perspective. But one thing I've been I'm, I've been doing with my clients is having them do SWOT analysis on each of their team members as well as themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have them do that. I do, I'm like, I want you to do a SWAT, a personal SWAT on each team member. And then I want you to do a personal SWAT on yourself. Then I want you to actually take all of the weaknesses and threats and combine them. So take all the weaknesses of all of your team members, put them in one column, same with the threats. Then I want you to look at the trends and I want you to find the pattern Mm -hmm. of where the weaknesses are repeating. And if you see that the weakness is repeating over and over again, Mm Several people, then I want you to compare it to your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I want you to see where's the deni- where's the key denominator there yes. that are their weaknesses your fault or your weakness? Mm-hmm. And that's been so transformative of looking at, right? So going back to the celebrating, because mm-hmm. then I'm like, I want you to look at the the strength and the opportunities. Where are they super strong? That you are not celebrating or telling them, hey, great job, and this is what you do really well, and here's where I see opportunity for you to get better, and here's where I see I haven't done my job as a leader to to get you better than you know in this area of your weakness or your threat. I
1: love that. I love that. And I'd love for you to ask them one other question or something else because I care can you ask those leaders who manage both individual or um, male and female ICs to keep a a spreadsheet or to track the performance of the men versus the women? Mm. And if you find, which uh, nine times out of 10, this is the case on average, the men are performing better than the women. There's an opportunity Mm. there.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
2: Thank you for that. Which actually brings me to, to my next question what do you believe then is the future for women in sales? Wow. Whew, that's, that's like a whole other <laughs> yes. episode. Sorry, guys. So, <laughs> oh, what a lot of questions.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, yes. So, I believe that true change comes from grassroots. We can go all night and day and talk about how leaders need to do this and that and change the culture. The fish stinks from the head. You got a cliche, we can put it up on the board. But any true change that has ever come in this in this world has been from people at the bottom pushing up. Mm -hmm. The civil rights movement. Rosa Parks. We when we band together, first of all, when women in sales band together, we are more powerful than if we are alone. Our collaboration is a competitive advantage. So when we start to speak up and say, Mr. Manager, where's our women in sales ERG? Or what is being done to help elevate those from historically excluded groups? Or let's be transparent about salaries because we want to talk about equity, not equality. When we as women start voicing our opinions and demanding those things, the fairness, that's when true change is going to happen. And that's the future that I see. At NAWSP, we talk about we're more than a membership. We are a movement Mm. to make sure that women in sales have a seat at the table, have a voice, and parity is just the minimum.
2: I'm learning so much from you, by the way, but not just what you're saying, the way you're saying it. <laughs> um, I love the fact that you've got such a strong message and say it in such a calm, chilled way. It's, uh yeah, very, very
0: inspirational. Well, let's talk a moment about your association. Number one, can you tell us more about it and then tell us what inspired you to find to found it? Mm,
1: sure. We are a membership based organization of women who sell B2B services in predominantly male dominated industries. We provide our members with two key areas, access to companies who are laser focused on attraction, hiring, development, and retention of women in sales, and also the community training, professional development and training created by women in sales for women in sales and mentoring opportunities as well as community. And what, what inspired you to do that? I've been in sales ever since Girl Scout cookies were a dollar fifty a box. I used to oh god, I, I remember right. That. And so I used to say in my speeches, <laughs> "Well, this is how long I've been in sales," and I would give them a, a, a year figure. And one time, a young lady spoke up and said, "That's longer than I've been alive." And I said, "Huh," got my feelings hurt. And I so I finally changed it to as and then they can go back and say, "Well, when were do- Girl Scout cookies a dollar fifty a box?" But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so I've been in a number of verticals. And I've been at the top 1%. I worked hard and was very fortunate to achieve top 1% status. And I kept going from vertical to vertical to vertical saying, okay, well, I want a new challenge. Brian Tracy said in the beginning of my sales career that if you sell tangibles, you shouldn't sell intangibles and you know, stick to one. And so I was on a mission to prove that I could sell both tangibles and intangibles. So in 2016, I was burned out. And I said, what am I going to do? What's my next move? I can go to sell something else, a new challenge. And I was on Facebook one day and you know, the ultimate philosopher with all of their memes. And I'm going to butcher, <laughs> I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> but essentially it said the true measure of your success isn't in how well you do. It's actually in how many others you help do well. So mm. I said, what if instead of reaching the top 1% over and over and over again, I create a system of professional development in training that helps women in sales reach the top 1% and help others. Mm -hmm. Mm.
2: That's awesome. And since you've been doing that, what's your biggest success story in in helping people do that?
1: It's a small one, but it's a big one. Mm -hmm. So Keep in mind that traditional sales approaches were created by men for men at a time when men made up the sales force. Nothing wrong with them. I was in the top 1%, and and I'm sure Gina, Susanna, you were too. My hypothesis was how much faster could women in sales reach the top 1% if we had approaches that took into account the unique situations and challenges we face while amplifying our innate strengths? So this is an and economy. We no longer have to choose this or this. We can do both. So you can take traditional sales approaches and you can take those created by women for women and still come up with a system that works for you. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, my success story is women, a woman in sales reaches out to me and says, for years, I was told that I was doing it wrong because I was different. And I heard you say, Cynthia, that different never is wrong. So now I can show up as my best, true, authentic self, sell the way I want to with scripting that works for me being assertive so that I'm not seen as aggressive and I'm Mm -hmm. able to sell my way. That right there is what I'm after.
0: I'm in. I'm in. Where do I sign Uh in?
2: I mean, you know, it's interesting. You were saying assertive, um, not not aggressive, because I think we certainly, you know, the whole Wolf of Wall Street, that whole kind of image of being cutthroat, and you need to are you tough enough to be in sales? And there are many of us who aren't tough, but we are great salespeople. Um, right? I know you've got to have that mental toughness, but it's that image, isn't it the the, mm-hmm. the cutthroat, the the harsh and I see it a lot with bosses as well. They think that when you get to the top that you need to basically treat people a bit like shit. Yes. (laughs) That's the first time I've sworn on this podcast. (laughs) It's scary because I certainly feel that that's how I should be in some environments, but Hmm. there's another way. There's absolutely another way. Yes. Um, I I did have another question for you because you are one of the top 1% performers and you've clearly been been successful in your own right. Often there's that phrase, isn't there, that those who are successful find it hard to train people who haven't Mm -hmm. got that innate ability. Do you find that that's a struggle for you at all? Oh,
1: I used to. And I would say, you know what? You can get to the top 1%. All you have to do this, 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 this. I even wrote a book reach the top 1% success strategies for warrior women in sales. Yeah. And some, a manager once told me, Cynthia, not every client or prospect is going to want to join up with you, Mm -hmm. love them anyway, and love them where they are. Mm -hmm. So in coaching women in sales, I meet them where they are at that given Mm -hmm. point. Everyone is going through something that you don't even know about. And if I go and hammer and say 1%, 1%, 1%, and you're struggling to meet your basic mortgage, rent, student loans, whatever, the top 1% is so far-fetched, you can't even think about that. So I'm going to meet you where you are and ask you, what is your goal for this month? And how can I help you get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of managers will talk about, yeah, you can make $300,000 in this job, but yet if they're not even meet meeting half quota and they're eating tuna and ramen, that's the
0: wrong coaching approach. Yeah. I, this is one thing I learned early on, like in the first the first time I had a coach. And, and then I went through a lot of studying of coaches and how coaches coach before I became a coach. And one of the biggest things I learned was that you cannot there are coaches out there who can be referred to as guru coaches. And these are your coaches who do it like I say, do it how I do it. This is what works. I've done this and I've 10 times my revenue and income, yada, 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 do it this way. And that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And I would watch people get into these coaching programs and fail and lose their money. And literally they they were looking for a silver bullet And they, they took the silver bullet from the charismatic guru, but they themselves were not a charismatic guru. And so putting on that suit or that dress Mm -hmm. that that guru is wearing is, is not going to work if that's not your personality style. And so Mm -hmm. you have to meet people where they Mm -hmm. are and, and give them that mentorship and guidance based on who they are and how they're going to excel which goes back to what I was saying earlier about doing a personal SWOT analysis. Yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you good at that you can capitalize on? What are you not good at that you can get help mm-hmm. with?
1: My favorite coaching question is always two of them. First of all, what is your goal? What is your goal? Mm-hmm. Second question, what do you need to get there? Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, how can I get there? And make a list of 25 to 30 things. What do I need to get there? how can I get there? Yeah.
2: And to add to that, I, I always say, and what will you do if one of those things doesn't work right. out how you want it to, to ensure you can still yes. get to so your there's goal? There's a
1: three column worksheet that I have to, to your point, Susanna. It's what will you do once you've made that list? What will you do? And in the middle column is when and where will you do it? And the last column is what do you expect the outcome to be? I like adding your, your final question, Susanna. If it doesn't work, what is your next plan? Do you just go down the list? I, I'm adding that co- column.
2: Yeah, because I think that's, I don't know if this just applies to women in sales or everyone, but I think that's one thing that we all struggle with. We, we put a plan in place. We have a great coaching session and then it fails. And then we, oh, that didn't work. So I'm right. not going to try again you know, it's lifting yourself back up. And it's like you said at the beginning, resilience Um, to build a habit and to make it. And this is is something that
0: we talk about at Sales Gravy all the time, right? We started this episode talking about resilience and we are often talking about obstacle immunity and how do you build up resilience? Well, you've got to get knocked down a lot. The more you get knocked down, the more you build that, Resilience, right? Yes. Like that's that's part of it,
1: absolutely. And there are other things that you can do to build resiliency. Um, th- the number one thing is to learn how to recover. A lot of people will say or, or think that rest and recovery are the same thing, and they are not. Mm. No, no, they're not. So learn how to recover. The longer you spend in the performance zone, the longer you need to spend in the recovery zone. If you think about uh, Serena Williams at Wimbledon playing four hours. If she did not spend as much time in the recovery zone as she did in the performance zone, she would risk injury, burnout, and even think, you know what, this is not for me.
0: Well, that is how, that's how also how you build endurance. If you think about, if you want to use a workout analogy, anyone who's worked out and worked out in a Tabata fashion where you are doing um, high intensity, you know, 20 seconds of high intensity cardio, and then you take 10 seconds to to rest, and then you do another 20 seconds high intensity, right? You just got off the Peloton before you got on this show with us, right? And um, I used to be a spin instructor. So I know a lot about um, what it takes to build up your stamina. Mm-hmm. You have to have those in high intensity, and then you have to have that moment to catch yes. your breath.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's such a big thing at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's talking about that Mm work-life balance. Whereas when I started my career, there was no such thing as work-life balance. Everyone was just, you work, 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 work. It was that kind of, you were expected to work around the clock, but then COVID happened. Now people can work from home and some companies in the UK are offering like for, for mothers, you know, stay at home with your child day, which is great on one hand, but then you had the women who weren't mothers saying, well, wait a second, just because I'm not a mother, I can't have that day. And then there was that whole thing. But you know, the the good news is is that when it comes to mental health and also needs that we we all have, the world is becoming a lot more understanding of that work-life balance, I feel. So I'm going to call
1: BS on something real quick. Mm. Something I said. Something that you you say they're doing. If I'm a working mother and I am home with my child all day, if I have the day off from work, I'm still working. <laughs> I'm changing diapers. I'm making meals. I am yeah. cleaning out garbage cans. I swapped one job for another. Yeah. So how am I recovering, unplugging
2: from the day-to-day grind? That's a great question. Well, I think it depends on your child, right? I've got two. I'm one. I would still be working the other one. I'd probably be quite chilled and just having cats okay. all day. I, still, I get it. Oh, but point, working, 100%.
0: yeah, working from home with your kids is now, you're still you working. Are. So stay home yeah. and send the kids to date. There you go. And then take a spa day with no
1: phone or, or yeah. kayak all day with no phone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Spa mm, day with no phone sounds like heaven, doesn't it? Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday's my birthday, and well, that's I-
1: exactly what I'm doing.
2: Oh, yes. Well, Very we, we need jealous. to
0: to get together with you. And oh, I would love it if we could get together and make that happen yes. um, before outbound. So um, we were hoping that while Suzanne is here, if we can't make that happen, you and I are not that far right. apart distance wise. So we can make that happen. I'll go to the bank and get some singles. Oh, girl. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I'll send you the info about. Yes, the, please. Uh, uh, Tuck yes. and buck, buck and tuck. <laughs> Come
2: that will be so, <laughs> so much fun.
0: That will be so much fun. Oh my goodness.
2: We got, we got to, we got
0: to wrap <laughs> up. We're, we're so over time. I know, I know. But you know, we're going to see, we are going to see more of you because you're going to be at, at, um, outbound. Yes. And by the way, we, um, are going to be the <laughs> lunchtime entertainment for two of those days where we'll, we will be live streaming this show, our podcast. Awesome. um, We want you part Please. of that one of those two yes. days. So you'll be on the panel with us just so you know that, that that's going to happen at outbound. So those listeners who are listening, did you get your outbound tickets yet? You guys need to go do yes. that because there's going to be so much greatness going on. I know that.
2: Do you have a, do you have one of those popular questions, Susanna? Of course. So Cynthia, um, just to let you know, at the end of the episode, we like to ask a question, a would okay. you rather question? And I'm trying to make it more difficult and a okay. bit more interesting each time. So the question for you, where are we now? We're in, mm-hmm. um, we're in April 2022. Just reminding myself, would you rather lose all your money that you've made this year or? all your memories that you made this year. Choose one. I'd rather lose all my money. Yeah. You'd rather
1: lose all your money. You've had some good memories this, this year then, yes? Yeah? Yes. And they print new money every day.
0: So I know I can go and replace it. Love, lovely answer. Oh, lovely don't even answer. try to ask me that question. Yeah. It's, I'm I have the same answer. It's the same.
2: <laughs> you always copy I the know, guests, I know. And
0: and I'm having the most amazing memories this yes. year that are just out of like insane, like getting engaged, buying a house, getting a stepson. I mean, having you become my co-host. That's what I can. I can go make more money tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I mean, I, I, if I had to, I could do something strange for some change, but those, (laughs) but those memories, those memories. <laughs> Life is about experience. Your yes. clients will pay for experiences more than yeah. they will pay for a product. So make their experience worth paying for.
0: Yes. Oh, what a great uh, way to wrap up. I love the way you talk. You. Gosh, we're going to, I can't wait to become best friends with you. I know, Right. No, um, it's sad. We got to go. Oh, wait, Susanna, what would you do? No, I know. It's always, it's always the opposite of me. It's always it's the always the opposite.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, do you know what? I mean, I would look like a pretty bad mum, wouldn't I, if I said lose all my memories um, <laughs> because. Uh, I've had a lot of memories of my little ones, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to agree. I have to agree because I back myself to make a lot more money this year if I'm to hit my targets. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I think, I think resilience is all about it. Like if you have that attitude, the mindset and the resilience, I've lost money and I've like, I've lost a lot of things over the years and always bounced back, bringing it full circle mm-hmm. to bounceability. Yeah. I'm chuffed. I'm chuffed for you. Oh, chuffed. I love chuffed. Well, you know, we unfortunately have to wrap up this episode. We're definitely going to have you back. We know we're going to have you live at Outbound. Yeah. Cynthia Barnes, if people want to connect with you, and I especially want to know about being part of your association. Oh, we'll talk. If people, yeah, Yes. If people want to um, connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: LinkedIn. I am always on LinkedIn like well, I'm not going to give that analogy. I'm always on LinkedIn. Let's just say
0: <laughs> LinkedIn okay. is my pimp. I mean,
1: I am always on LinkedIn. So yes. Um, yes. And for if those who want information about the association, I promise not everybody has the, the same
0: sense of humor. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, NAWSP.org. Awesome. Awesome. It has been such a pleasure having you here. I know what we're going to have more with you coming up in the future. Yes, Thank you so much for being such a fun and prolific and smart guest. Thank you so much for having me. I am. I am I, reeling. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Warners, we're out of here. It's the end of this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. Brought to you by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tramarco signing off. <laughs> we got to go. Bye, Warners.
2: That's (lacht) the first time I've sworn on this podcast.